Let us pray. May only God's word be spoken, and may only God's word be heard. Amen. The Magi are on the move. Today is the tenth day of Christmas, and so the Magi continue their journey to Bethlehem. In my crush collection that I told you about and shared with you on Christmas Eve, about 15 of those crushes include Magi. The Magi spend most of the Advent and Christmas seasons journeying around the house, searching for their respective crush scenes in the living room. A few of the toy ones do kind of peel off from the caravan from time to time, but most of them stay together as a group. There are a dozen groups right here on my bookshelf, and they have made quite the detour to join us for today's sermon. The Magi will arrive at their appropriate crushes on Wednesday, January 6th, the Feast of the Epiphany, the day we commemorate and celebrate their arrival. Our American tradition is that the stockings and the presents come on Christmas Day from Santa. But that is not a worldwide phenomenon, even among Christians. In some part of Europe, on St. Nicholas Day, December 6th, that's the big present day, and the kids put their shoes by the door the night before for St. Nicholas to fill. But in some places around the world, in Spain, and in some Latin American countries, at least, perhaps some other places as well, Santa doesn't traditionally come on Christmas Eve, and St. Nicholas doesn't traditionally come on December 6th, but rather on the night before Epiphany, straw is left out for the camels, and the Magi are the ones to leave the presents for the kids. Now, I have a little aside for the kids, so parents, please shut your ears, and kids, listen up. Now, as a parent, I'm going to shut my ears. All right. I'm getting really close here, and I'm talking really quiet so that your parents don't hear. This is for you. I have seen that several of you have convinced your parents to let you put out your stockings on Christmas Eve for Santa to fill and your shoes on December 5th for St. Nicholas to fill and to have them filled, both of them filled, both times. So what that's taught me is that just because you celebrate one of these present Christmas traditions doesn't mean you can't celebrate another one. Now, if you've already convinced your parents to St. Nicholas Day and Christmas Eve with both the stockings and the shoes, this might be a hard sell. I don't know. It's worth a try. Here's what you need to do. Leave your shoes by the front door on Tuesday night. Make sure to put some straw or some grass clippings into the shoes and then go to bed. This only works if you go to bed and you go to sleep, okay? And then in the morning, go and check to see if the Magi left you any gifts. Now, a few things. First of all, my understanding is that if you've already celebrated um, either or both Christmas and St. Nicholas with presents, then um, these will be much simpler gifts, okay? That's the first thing. The second thing is, um, it's my understanding this only works if you have your parents' permission to put the shoes out, okay? It doesn't work if you just try and do it. You gotta get your parents' permission first. And third, it's my understanding that because of the pandemic, we might be a little bit too late in order to make this work. I'm not sure, talk to your parents about that. Um, but if they do say it's too late because of the pandemic, you know, then just start working on them for next year. The goal here is to get them to start celebrating Epiphany um, with the same joy that they celebrate Christmas. 
All right, you can now tell your parents to uncover their ears and enjoy the rest of the sermon. Okay, parents, you can listen again. Our gospel reading today tells us a story of the Magi's arrival. You know the story, but did you notice what's missing in the story? It does not say that there were three of them. It said that there were three gifts. It could be two Magi bringing three gifts, or dozens bringing three gifts, or 36 bringing three gifts, as I have here. Although the phrase wise men or word kings are possible translations, it is not certain that either of those is correct. The term is Magi, and scholars are not exactly sure what Magi means. Could be kings, could be wise men, could be religious leaders, could be astrologers, could be... We're not certain. It is also not certain that it is only men. Wise sages might be a better translation, because wise, uh, better translation than wise men, because the Greek allows that it could have been a mixed group, not just men. The story itself, as the Bible presents it, is so sparse that our imaginations can flourish, and flourish they have. In Italy, there is a story of La Bafana. The Magi show up at her house on the way to Bethlehem lost and looking for directions. They invite La Bafana to join them on the journey, but she refuses, thinking it would be better to go in the morning. Later, she regrets it and tries to catch up, or at least to find the Christ child on her own. And yet she never finds them and is still searching to this day. Another favorite is Henry Van Dyke's story of the other wise man. You know, the fourth wise man. You never heard of him? Artaban is his name, and he had other gifts for the newborn king, three jewels. He was traveling to go find his friends for them all to journey together, but in a moment that echoes the story of the Good Samaritan, Artaban stopped to help a man lying in need. The delay makes him late and his friends have already left. He decides to go search for the king on his own, but has to spend one of the jewels for the journey. He makes it to Bethlehem late, and then goes to Egypt, but cannot find Jesus, and then he just keeps journeying, searching for 33 years. Over the course of the journey, he helps many people, but also has to give away the other jewels in order to help others in need leaving him with no gifts for Jesus. Tragically, at the end of the story, he is hit by a falling stone, and while he is dying, he has a conversation with Jesus. We do not hear what Jesus says, but Artaban's response is the response of Matthew 25. When did I see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison? And then Artaban adds, I have been searching for you for 33 years and have never seen your face or ministered to you. And Jesus, again quoting Matthew 25, says, Whenever you do it to the least of these, you do it to me. Artaban dies relieved, knowing that he has finally met the king in those that he had served and that he had given his gifts to the Christ child the newborn king. 
Both of these imaginative stories are trying to connect the story of the Magi to us. They do not try and tell the history of the Magi, but use the story of the Magi as a door through which we enter into the story ourselves. Will you, will I, will we seek the Christ child when the Magi invite us? Or will we wander for all eternity? Will we recognize the Christ in those we meet, in those in need? Will we help and serve and lift up all those who are suffering to help all of humanity flourish? Will we offer Jesus our gifts by offering them to our neighbor in need? It is in this imagination that we also get that beautiful poem turned hymn by Christina Rossetti in the bleak midwinter. In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan, earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow in the bleak midwinter, long ago. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can, I give him, give my heart. My friends in Christ, Open your imaginations and enter through the door of this story. Join the Magi and seek the Christ. Join the Magi and give your gifts to God. Amen.